0: I'm Matt, and I'm Jenna, we are Manna, and this is Food for Thought, a podcast dedicated to encourage and inspire you as you seek to grow your relationship with Christ and live out your Catholic faith. In today's episode, I will talk about the greatest adventure that you will ever go on in your entire life. A slice of apple pie costs about $2.50 in Jamaica and $3 in the Bahamas. Thus concludes my review of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Hi, everyone. Um, Yes, you hear no one laughing again, A, because we start every episode with a dad joke, and B, because Jenna is not in studio this week as planned, because she is not feeling well and very busy because her and her husband, Tony, just closed on their first home. So uh, please be praying for them in that uh, transition and as they get settled. But she will not be joining me today. So if you follow us on Instagram, which you should, at Thought, all spelled out. Uh, We will not be recording the episode uh, today that we had originally planned, Um, and so I'm just going to kind of record a short episode um, just about something that's been on my heart uh, this week and something that I've been reflecting on. Um, But before that, I want to share with you my peak, pit, and plug uh, for the past couple weeks. My peak is that we just had a parish mission at the church where I work at, St. Timothy's, that I helped coordinate, and it was um, a rousing success, a lot of great feedback. Um, People really seemed to enjoy it. The pit, however, was that because of that and a lot of other uh, events I had that previous weekend, I was um, gone from home for dinner for probably like a whole week in a row, and that was kind of not so fun. But um, I was able to spend some time at home in the afternoons with family, but I like being home to have dinner with my wife, and so uh, that was a little uh, difficult not being able to do that. Um, And my plug is... um, because it's Lent, um, and this may seem like an interesting plug, but the Stations of the Cross. Um, you know, every Friday at, at our parish, which they probably do at your parish, there's a different group that runs the Stations of the Cross. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it, it, it never really has struck me before, but I just noticed in a particular way this year how many different ways there are to pray that ancient prayer of the church. And, um, you know, tradition says that the Blessed Mother, Mary, um, she used to every day walk the path of the cross um, that her son Jesus took as a a way of reflecting and and remembering him. And so, um, you know, this goes back 2,000 years, and, and most ancient prayers and things that we have as traditions in our church, such as like praying the rosary or praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet or the Liturgy of the Hours, there's not many different varieties um, in terms of how we do that, most of the time, there's here's the one way you do it. Um, the Rosary, we have the different mysteries, obviously, but um, the stations of the cross, there are so many different varieties. And, um, you know, we've been able to come up uh, with some new ones um, at our parish these past few weeks with the parish mission and, and having some youth and young adult led stations. And so, I don't know, I just want to encourage you maybe if that's not something that you really find interesting or you can't really get into to really take some time, especially as Lent continues before Easter comes, to really find a version of, of the Stations of the Cross that maybe appeals to you and go to your parish or a local church that has them up um, or on a Friday night when they're doing them for the whole parish during Lent and really just try and experience that and find a way um, that you can really journey and, and pray through them because I've, I've heard and experienced them probably five different ways. This Lent and all were, were really new, uh, ways that I hadn't typically heard um, the stations done before. And so, um, yeah, I just want to encourage you to do that. Um, and that applies a little bit, I guess, to the topic that I wanted to talk about briefly in this episode, and that is um, the idea that our faith um, should not be bland. It should not be this beige thing that, um, that we just kind of go through the motions of, but our relationship with God should be an adventure. And, you know, I was reflecting um, in some meetings this week, um, you know, when you ask a couple how they met and how they fell in love, um, it's always such a great story. And, you know, you hear about very unique, different takes from both of them. You hear about, you know, what, what they were like before and what led up to those moments and why they were so special. And it's a very, you know, beautiful thing to hear. But how often do we think of our relationship with God like that? Like, if someone were to ask you, you know, okay, you know, why are you a Christian? Or why do you have a relationship with Jesus? You might have like a testimony that you might give. But if someone were to ask you, tell me about how you fell in love with Jesus, how would you answer that? Is that ever something you've thought about before? Uh, And seeing it as that kind of adventure of a lifetime, that loving relationship of a lifetime that we tend to, um, to make bland or make routine or take advantage of. And, you know, we did an episode um, a while back on um, passion, disillusionment, and joy. Um, I can't exactly remember. I'm trying to look back through the episodes. Um, I think it might have been our stages of faith one, uh, episode 12, um, where we talk about every relationship goes through that cycle. Um, And when we get to disillusionment with God, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people just stay there. And they just fall into the routine, you know, they're supposed to do these things. They want to be faithful to what God asks, what the precepts of the church are. Um, but I think if anyone looks at us, if we're living our Christian life authentically, if we're living our Catholic faith authentically, it should always appear attractive. It should always appear, not that we're doing this for anybody else, but it just should just emanate from who we are, that this is the greatest adventure that we've ever been on. And is that something someone would say about your faith life? Not that we do it for anybody else, but if we're really living our faith authentically, I wholeheartedly believe that it should look like that. And it'll look differently as an adventure to each one of us, because we all have different gifts and talents and personalities, and some are extroverts and introverts. But there should be some unique quality to our faith that says, hey, there's something different about the way that person goes through life. There's something different about the appreciation that person has for everything that they do, every relationship they have, the gratitude that they have. There's something different about the joy that that person possesses because of how they're going through life. And I really want to figure out what that is for myself. It's one of the best ways that we can evangelize. It's just the witness of how we live our life. And I think so many of us, either in life, in the secular world, or even in faith, we spend and waste so much time trying to live someone else's life. You know, in social media, we're always comparing and trying to put our best you know, image out there and trying to filter everything and make it look unique. And yet in making it look unique, we look to how all of the other influencers are filtering their pictures and designing the layouts of their pages and posting content. And we try and do it just like them. And in trying to be unique, we lose our uniqueness and we become just like everybody else. No one, I've said this many times before, no one on this planet can be better at being you than you. You have the capability of being the best person in the entire world at doing exactly what God created you to do, be yourself with your unique gifts and talents and living them out and not trying to be the next so-and-so in whatever field you want to go into in life or trying to be the next so-and-so saint in the church, but to be saint you. Because no other saint in history could have done that. No other saint in history has the personality, the gifts and talents that you do. And we can spend our whole life trying to be the next Padre Pio or trying to be the next rock star or trying to be the next, um, you know, leading physicist or engineer or, um, you know, world expert on whatever field that we want to go into. But we're never going to do it as better, better than they did. Because they had different uniques and talents and only they can authentically be them. And I think that's what robs us of the sense of adventure in life and especially in our relationship with God is because we spend so much time looking left and right at what everyone else is doing and trying to match or trying to figure out how other people do things so we can get to the same conclusions. We see this in dating. We see this in you know, trying to find that you know, perfect person to have a faithful relationship with. And so what do we do? We ask other people, what did you do? Oh, I prayed a 54-day rosary novena, and they just you know, fell in my lap after that, which is a really simple way of you know, people telling that story. It's obviously not that simple, but it seems that way in retrospect to a lot of them. And so what do we do? We pray the 54-day rosary novena, and what happens after? <sighs> Nothing. And we get frustrated with God and we wonder, why isn't this happening for me? It happened for everyone else. There must be something wrong with me. And God, I think, is looking at us and saying, no, nothing's wrong with you. What you're doing is wrong because it's what I did for that person. It's not what I'm trying to do for you. You know, we can get some wisdom for how other people began to work on their relationships with God to get to a place where they were able to recognize what God was trying to give them. And that's the benefit of kind of helping each other learn how to discern. But we have to recognize that every single person has a unique and completely different way of being in relationship with God and discerning and living out their gifts and talents. And yes, there are some similarities. You know, we all need to be continuing to stay in a state of grace and connecting with God in prayer every single day and being faithful to the things that he's called us to. But our prayer life will look totally different from someone else. The things he's called us to will look totally different from someone else. The sins that we're trying to avoid or that we struggle with and, and how they, um, you know, in, inevitably sanctify us by reminding us in the fact that we need a savior and, and, and help us to run to the sacraments, that looks different to everybody else than it does to us. And so we need to, to recognize that and take ownership of that and really begin to lean into the question, God... Who are you uniquely calling me to be? And I think only then when we really can just allow that sense of wanting to know what everyone else thinks of us or being like everyone else, if we can just let that die, we will find a really deep-seated lasting joy. You know, the fact that I'm not really on social media anymore that I really am not like looking at the news or the media to see who the influencers are anymore. And I'm really just kind of pursuing the things that I'm passionate about in life. I'm so much happier, so much more content in my life, so much more joyful to the point where I, you know, I love everything about my life and I love my relationships. But I feel like if, if God were to call me home at any moment, there'd be nothing that I, you know, felt like I, I had waited on or put off, you know, I mean, yeah, there's things that I want to eventually do before I die, but I know none of them match the glory of heaven. And so if I never get to them, um, then that's not a tragedy. The tragedy would be is if I never accepted that I really wanted to do those things. And I just let myself be paralyzed and fear my entire life and stayed in a relationship that, you know, wasn't fulfilling me or at a job that wasn't bringing me passion and really, um, awakening in me my God-given gifts and talents, or if I wasn't serving God and others in a way that brought about that, that deeper sense of joy and happiness, and I, was, and I was just steeped in instant gratification and achievement. That would be the real tragedy. And so how do we live a life of adventure, of really looking to be the people that God created us to be in a way that changes us, and I think, you know, we see this in scripture, too, in a couple different places. One of my favorite scriptures lately um, is from Jeremiah 33.3, 3, where Jeremiah, um, God is speaking uh, through the prophet Jeremiah, and God says, call to me and I will answer you. Yeah, we hear that all the time. Ask and you will, and, and the answer will be given to you. Seek and you will find, you know. But he says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. What a cool promise that is that God says that if you just come to me, I will give you the things that you can't find anywhere else in life. And it's not something that you don't already possess. You know, if you've been baptized, if you've been confirmed, you already received the Holy Spirit and have the power to call upon the Spirit in a unique way to awaken the God-given gifts and talents I've given you in your life, to promote and defend the Catholic faith as a disciple of Jesus Christ out in the world in whatever avenue of life God calls you to. Great and unsearchable things. You know, nobody, nobody comes up to you or, you know, you never hear in adventure stories or in adventure movies like, hey, do you want to go do this mundane thing that we do every day? And it's going to be a really great adventure, you know, and yes, there is a way to have adventure in the ordinary moments of life, to have a sense of joy and spirit and, uh, and a sense of spontaneity and being carefree and just, and really being devoted to the Lord and whatever he has to reveal to you. And even the smallest of moments. But I think it comes from a greater recognition that this life in Christ is an adventure. And that in that life, there are great and unsearchable things. Things that are bigger than anything else that we can find in life. And they are something that we will never find if we search for them on our own. More fulfilling. Just this sense of of us falling in love with Jesus. In a way that when we tell that story, when people ask, it gets that same, wow, what a great relationship, or what a beautiful story that we get when we hear that from couples who have loving marriages and relationships. How have you fallen in love with Jesus Christ? Or maybe a better question, have you? Have you fallen in love with Jesus Christ? And it's okay if you haven't, but I think it's important to recognize, have I just mimicked or inherited the gift of faith that my parents passed on to me? And so how do I recognize the gift of what that is and set it aside as a foundation that I can stand upon, but also recognize there is still far more for me to build, far more for me to build in my own life to make this my own. And that is how God how the Holy Spirit is wooing me constantly. Is reaching out to me and saying, Hey, I desire to be in relationship with you. I want you to invite me. Invite me. Give me permission to be a part of your life. You know, God will not force himself upon us. He will intervene in miraculous ways for unknown reasons, but that's more of a rare occurrence. Most of the time he lets us. Um, you know, he always lets us exercise our free will. Most of the time he waits to act at all until we do. And so how have you invited Jesus to pursue you? How have you set aside the time? Like if you listened uh, in our last relationship, you know, talking about how to have a relationship with God is kind of like just having any deep relationship. How have you allowed that to develop in your own life? Has it led you on an adventure? And are you allowing God to, con- to continue to surprise you with his love on a daily basis? Or are you expecting the same results? Do you go to event after event or mass after mass or prayer service after prayer service or your own personal prayer time after your own personal prayer time expecting the same thing to happen, expecting inspiration to always come, expecting no need for change, No need for spontaneity, no need for adventure, and your relationship with God will still be good and great. Because I really doubt if we're honest with ourselves that that's ever the case. You know, if you read St. Paul, he says um, in the second letter to the Corinthians uh, in chapter 11, I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. Now that sounds like an adventure if I've ever heard one. And I'm not saying go out there and take risks to put your life in danger, but to recognize, you know, living a life of authentic Christianity means that we have experiences that God leads us into and that the Holy Spirit places on our hearts that we act upon that become those stories that no one else has. You know, you know. I don't know if you're like this person, but like where everyone seems to have like stranger on a bus syndrome with you. This happens to me all the time where I'll encounter people in just the most bizarre ways where they just desire to talk to me all of a sudden or tell me what's going on in their life in the middle of nowhere um, or a person I've never met before in the most strange of circumstances. And it just turns into this, like, wow, like, what a great story. And we don't do it for the story, but but that's an adventure. You know, an adventure movie has all of the twists and turns, uh, you know, that it does because it captures your attention. And God is desiring to capture our attention in such a way that the way we live our life in response to him captures the attention of other people without us even being able to help it. And, you know, if you look at the stories of the saints, you don't see, you know, don't, don't ever look at the holy cards of saints and let that inform your entire idea of their personality. Because the holy cards of saints are meant to depict them with iconography in such a way that helps us to know the reverence with which they held God and the reverence with which we should hold God and them in being our older brothers and sisters in faith that we seek to emulate but don't let it stop there read about their lives and when you read about their lives who they were authentically you will see that they were unique bold sassy fierce adventurous people who fell in love with Jesus Christ that is who we are being called to be you know when if you look at a holy card of of saint joan of arc and you just see her you know eyes raised toward heaven in a suit of armor and you hear this story, I mean, you're going to think of, of almost like a mythical historical figure that was kind of just like floating through these battles. But to recognize like that was a fiery, feisty teenage girl talking right into the face of people that she normally probably would not allowed to have talked to and especially in the way that she did. And yet they listened and she led an army in boldness what a cool gift that is or Saints like Saint Philip Neri who would walk around with half his beard shaved off just to bring people joy or to to you know be weird you know or if you read the prophet Ezekiel and some of the things that he did like laying on his side in the street for months you know or the prophets who you know walked around in their underwear for three years like Isaiah or hid their belt under a rock for no reason only because God told them to like these, living on the edge of society type people because they recognized conforming to the norm is not what God is calling us to. The word holy means to be set apart. To be set apart. It's kind of the original hipster, you know, but the problem with being a hipster is everyone wants to be one. (laughs) And so, you know, there isn't that sense of uniqueness, but it speaks to a desire we all have to be Authentically, our own, disconnected from the mainstream, to rebel when we see, oh, everyone is doing this and I don't want to just do it because everyone else is. But this recognition of our uniqueness and our desire to emulate that to people. That's why fashion is something that people like, that's why art and design and music still ring true, not only is it something that can emulate beauty, but it has innate in its character a unique voice that any single person who approaches that discipline will realize differently because they are different. That should be wholeheartedly true of our faith, first and foremost, that it is something that awakens beauty within us and yet no matter who approaches it, it, is realized differently in their life in a way that brings beauty to the world like no one else has done before. To the point where someone could be able to look at us and, not, and, and it would be impossible for them to pinpoint the way we live out our relationship with God in comparison to any other saint or any other person. And the only way that we can do that is to allow ourselves to fall deeply in love with Jesus Christ and to allow him to transform us and awaken within us The fullest and deepest version of who we were created to be. Now, if that doesn't sound fulfilling, if you're going through life right now, you know, wishing that God will fulfill this and this in the same way He did with everybody else, then you are missing this beautiful opportunity to appreciate the unique way that God is courting you in relationship, the unique way that He is seeking to bring joy and abundance to your life. Jesus is not on your timeline. And I think we get nervous because we see time and time again, there are so many people who have so many things they desire to do in life and they don't get to accomplish them all. But listen to me, Jesus will accomplish every single thing he desires to do in your life before you die. He will. If we allow our will to be aligned with his. If we keep stubbornly pursuing our plans in a way that's synonymous with everyone else's plans, then we're just going to become miserable because we're going to spend our entire life seeking to be somebody else. And we will always, always at best be in second place because we will never be at as good as anyone else at being them. Who is God calling you to authentically be? Because awakening That question within you will awaken the sense of adventure in your relationship with God in your own faith. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, to stop looking left and right, to stop looking at the precepts of the church as requirements, but our opportunities to be realized in a way that is unique to who you are, to create something in the way that you would create to awaken within you a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. To pray in the way that you want to pray. And to not feel sorry that you don't want to go to something because it's just not something that you feel like you're going to get anything out of. And yes, we need to be open to new experiences because we may not be aware of these new or different voices of prayer or ways of being in relationship with God that might be out there. But to not have to apologize or fake it because we're not into a certain way of doing things. Or our relationship with God doesn't look like someone else's. But to really begin to ask ourselves, what am I good at? And you are good at something. You may look around and say, oh, I'm not good at anything. Well, that's because you're looking for the gifts that everyone around you has. You're not recognizing the giftedness of maybe uh, encouraging other people. Or the giftedness of being a great listener. Or being a supportive friend. Or someone who's very efficient and organized. Or the giftedness of being someone who um, can get a group of people together. Or who is caring. Who's always there for their friends when they need them. Those are unique gifts that not everybody has. You know, you don't have to have the, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really great at public speaking. Or I'm really great at being a musician. Or I'm really great at, um, you know, being the center of attention. Or creating beautiful things that people see and notice. I think sometimes we just have that desire for recognition. I was at a talk recently, um, and the actor Neil McDonough was giving a keynote at this breakfast, and he's Catholic, um, and he was talking about, um, you know, uh, when he refused to. Um, kiss any other woman but his wife as an actor and how that got him blackballed for two years and he didn't get work. And now because he's stuck to his values and who God created him to be and how he desires to live that out, he's now, you know, leading on four different shows on four different networks and what a blessing it is that he has found favor with God for being faithful. And he said something in that talk like, you know, I'm a good actor. I'm good at it. I'm not good at many things, but I'm really good at this. And if you're good at something... Don't be afraid to say it. Shine. And I love that image. How is God calling you to shine? Because you can shine in a way that no one else can. And so I want to encourage you, dive into scripture and read about the way that the people in scripture shined. Read the stories of the saints. Even if you have a favorite saint, I want you to dive deep into the internet or into, you know, the different writings about them and I guarantee you'll probably find something you didn't already know. If you don't see that saint as having a spirit of adventure, and especially, oh man, I want to encourage you to rethink the way that you see our Blessed Mother. I read a book a long time ago um, that totally transformed my idea of who Mary was in my life. And instead of seeing Mary as this quiet, you know, eyes down, veiled woman um, who, you know, is always subservient to Christ, which she is, it awoke in, in me the reality that Mary was also a sassy, fierce, frizzy-haired Jewish teenage girl who wasn't going to do the normal thing and was willing to say yes to the greatest adventure of her lifetime. You know, I don't know if you've seen Brave, the Disney movie Brave, but I think Merida is the the main character's name, the red-haired frizzy girl. That's who Mary is to me now. As a woman who wasn't willing to conform to the expected ideals of her time, but was willing to say yes to a bigger adventure that was on her heart, and was not willing to compromise any step of the way. Is that who Mary is to you? Someone who forcefully fights to get all of us to her son. Someone who's willing to sit with you and tell you like, tell it, like it is. And be sassy. You know? And call you out of your stubbornness. That's who she is to me. And I hope she... Is, becomes that type of person to you if you're really honest with yourself and who she really was. The apostles, the saints, I think they're all like that. I think heaven is going to be far more a party than we allow it to be by how we imagine a lot of those holy, pious people. Yes, they were holy and pious, but they also, you know, had great things about them. I love, you know, the stories of Pope John XXIII sneaking out of the Vatican to go have pizza with the people in Italy and just talk to them you know, and his security hated it because they could never keep track of him. Those are the saints. Everything else that cookie cutters them, you know, and any way we falsely interpret the great art of them in stained glass windows and holy cards is only part of the picture. Who is God calling you to be? How is he calling you to fall deeper in love with him? Do you feel like you're on the greatest adventure of your life? Because if not, What do you need to do to recognize that God is calling you to be on that great adventure? And one of the saints uh, that I came across for the first time in preparation for this episode, which I did not have a lot of time to prepare for, so I hope it was beneficial to you, uh, was a saint I've never heard of before in my entire life. Uh, His name is St. Gabriel Pacenti, and he was born Francis Pacenti in Assisi, Um, So another Francis of Assisi, ironically, um, in 1838. And he was a very sick child and his illnesses um, continued throughout his life. But when he became a young man, he was very, very good um, at being a horseman, a hunter, and he was an expert marksman. Um, And so He also was a very fancy dresser dresser, and the best dancer. So he was like Casanova, if you've ever heard of this character, Casanova. Um, He was engaged to two girls at the same time. He was a party goer, um, very like the story of St. Augustine. He was very uh, entrenched in the ways of the world. But while he was in school, he got very sick. And when he was sick, the Blessed Mother came to him in a vision, and he promised her that if he got better, he would dedicate his life to God. Well, he got better, and he forgot about his promise, and so he ended up getting sick a second time and made that same promise uh, in response to another vision of Our Lady, and guess what? He forgot the second time. Uh, Sound familiar? Like a little St. Peter action going on here? And then um, one day he was at a church procession, and he saw uh, a banner of Our Lady Help of Christians, and uh, the eyes of Our Lady on the banner looked straight at him, and he heard the words, Keep your promise. Talk about, like, mic drop, sassiness, being fierce, our blessed mother. And he was so afraid and shaken down to the very core of who he was that he decided to change his life, and he entered um, the Passionates, um, became a Passionist monk. And so this shocked his family. They all thought he was joking or that he was going to be back in a couple weeks, but he stayed there. And um, one day at the time, there was a... um, Uh, a leader of some mercenaries in Italy. His name was Garibaldi. Um, His mercenaries were coming down through Italy, and they were ravaging all these villages and and areas um, in Italy. And so um, a bunch of these mercenaries attacked the area that uh, Gabriel, the name that he had taken, um, where he was in the monastery, and he heard a young woman screaming. And so uh, instead of um, you know, letting that happen, he uh, genuflected, excused himself from the chapel he was praying in, and he approached the man who was assaulting this woman, and he pulled the gun out of his holster and held it to his head until he freed her. Um, and uh, after freeing that woman, um, there was a, a big onrush of all of these uh, mercenaries waving their guns, and so he demonstrated his excellent markmanship. He fired at a lizard that happened to be running across the road and shot him clean in the head with one shot. And um, after that, the mercenaries were so taken aback by who he was that he was able to run them all out of town and not one person was harmed while he saved the city on either side. Um, And so he ended up dying in 1862. Um, So let's see, that would make him... Oh man, math is hard. Only about 34 years old, 33 years old. Um, Hey same as Jesus. Um, And he died of tuberculosis. Um, But at the moment of death, the people that were there reported that he sat straight up in his bed and his face began to glow. It was radiant. And he was reaching for an unseen figure um, who looked like, like, he looked as though he was responding to an unseen figure that was entering the room. And his spiritual director named Father Norbert um, said that he had had seen the Virgin Mary at the moment of of his death. Um, And so, He's remembered for his veneration for Mary um, and his patience through, um, through that deadly disease of tuberculosis, which a lot of people died from at that time. Um, and so he was beatified in 1908 and canonized in 1920, and he's the patron of Catholic youth in Italy, uh, and his grave still attracts a lot of people. Um, and, you know, that, you know, a gunslinging monk, you know, who lived a life of the world but recognized that there was more adventure to be had as a passionist monk and to see how that was realized in his response to injustice is like, that's one of the coolest stories I've ever heard. And so, um, you know, if you're really struggling what this question looks like in your life, how God's calling you to be more on adventure and more in love with him in a way that's unique to who you are, ask for the intercession of St. Gabriel Posenti. Um, and you know, I have a feeling that he's a saint that responds ferociously and quickly, um, and is willing to kind of come in guns blazing into your life as an intercessor. And so let him do that. Um, and a relatively unknown saint, at least in, in my own life, I've never heard anyone mention him. Uh, I've never come across him in any reading, um, but he is a saint. And so, um, I hope that, um, that episode and, and that intercession of St. Gabriel is beneficial to you, um, as you respond to that call to continue to journey on the greatest adventure of your life. And If you want to help us on this adventure of this podcast um, by giving as little as $1 a month, you can go to our website, manafoodforthought.com, all spelled out, um, and you can click on the Patreon tab, and that will take you to um, our donor page, and uh, you'll get some uh, access to exclusive content. You'll get a shout out on the air, and um, we'll be sending out some merchandise as soon as we finalize a logo. I know that's been a long time coming. Thank you so much for your patience with that. Um, And If you have any suggestions for future episodes or want to comment on any, you can do that on our website. Website or on our Instagram at manafoodforthought.com. We also post weekly blogs on our website and on our Instagram, a reflection of the psalm reading, a responsorial psalm for the upcoming Sunday. So we hope that benefits you. And you can uh, get the entire back catalog of our episodes on our website as well. Um, And so thank you for tuning in to episode 40, number 40. So sorry Jenna could not be with us today, uh, but know that she is praying for you. I am praying for you. Um, And we just ask continued intercession from our patron saint, St. Charles Borromeo, as well as St. Gabriel Pocenti. And know that we are praying for you. And we love hearing feedback about these episodes, so please let us know what you thought of it. And if you haven't yet, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you are listening to it. Share it with a friend who you think could benefit. And until next time, we will see you in the Eucharist. Bye.